Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. My name is Kahala, and I'm your host. Today, we will continue our series on mental health and the African-American community. Today, we are focusing on our youth. We know that our children today are faced with so many issues, cares, concerns, and we want them to be their healthiest and be their best. Today, we have Alondra Anderson, LCPC, who's joining us today, and we're so happy to have her with us. Hello, Alondra. Hello, Kahala. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. We are so happy to have you. You look amazing, and I absolutely love your background. Thank you so much. Everything. So that is awesome. (laughs) So it is so good to see you. Um, And obviously, uh, you and I, we know each other very well. I usually ask, as you've seen, well, how do we know each other? But hey, we're line sisters. So there it is. So we met (laughs) some seven plus years ago. And so we've been just close and just loving on each other ever since. So I'm so happy to be with me today. And when it came to mental health in the African-American community, dealing with our children, there was one name. I know y'all keep saying, she says that every episode, but that's because I am surrounded by a village of amazing men and women. And so there's somebody in my life for every season and every purpose. And you my line sister, were the one person that I thought of to come and talk to us about the state of the um, African-American child's mental health and everything that you and the mental health uh, community are doing to assist our children. So please tell us about yourself. Well, thank you so much. I am Alondra. I am a licensed clinical professional counselor, uh, born and raised Lancaster, Texas. I am married almost 17 years. I have two amazing children, one 15 son and one 10 daughter. And they are amazing. Military star. They are amazing. (laughs) I am also a military spouse. So we have moved around and lived lots of different places, including Illinois, the great state. And we have recently relocated back home to Texas which is now where I reside. Which makes me very happy for you all and very sad at the same time. Um, yes, it is bittersweet, for sure. Here with us, yes. Um, okay, so please tell us about your journey. Like what brought you to therapy? What brought you to mental health? And what brought you to focus on our babies? So my journey is a career shift, actually. So my undergrad is in international business and economics. I thought I would be traveling the world and telling people how to spend their money. (laughs) So on my own personal journey, I was seeking more for purpose. I was doing really well in the banking and business world. I moved into management, um, but just felt like, okay, it's kind of just feeling like a job. And I really want to make sure for my own spiritual journey that I am fulfilling the purpose that I was created for. So within that came the realization of counseling. And people had always told me that even from when I was really, really young, like a little kid, because adults would tell me their issues, which I always (laughs) thought was weird. 
But <laughs> I kind of ran from it and just thought like, oh, I'm just a good listener, right? Just kind of played it off in that way. And then on this journey, realizing, no, this is who I am. That's not just a career. This is who I am. So my personal prayer was, okay, let me do everything I need to do to make sure that I can fulfill whatever this purpose is. So then I went back to grad school at Liberty University. I got my graduate degree in professional counseling, then studied and studied and studied in internship hours and residency hours and became an LPC, licensed professional counselor, studied some more, took another test and became an LCPC, licensed clinical professional counselor. So I am licensed in the state of Illinois and in the state of Texas. That's right. Um, and my from my internship on, I've always worked with children, like the youth and teenage population. So from uh, mental health and children that are going through the juvenile justice system to child care teachers and directors learning how to understand the mental health of infants and toddlers to kids with ADHD and anxiety and depression. Um, yeah, I've always worked with the little of littlest all the way up into mid-adulthood, right? Those that are kind of getting ready for college or about to graduate from college and like, now what? You know, how do I be this adult in the world? So I say this path of mental health found me. I wasn't necessarily seeking to work with children. I thought I would actually work with an older adult population. So this journey has definitely found me and found a way for me to be a support for others. Well, that is wonderful. Um, you are definitely the woman for the job. You are so kind and professional and so encouraging, right? So when somebody, you know, how many times have I texted you out of the blue? Can you pray for me? Or whatever the situation may be, I always knew that I could turn to to you. And so I appreciate that and um, the way that you've encouraged me and been a blessing to me. Um, the time that we've known each other. And so I think you absolutely have a heart for children. Like I said, you have two amazing children. You and Tony are doing an amazing job with them. So I, do you think that like helps the ministry of your therapy, your two babies? I do. I do. I think I, sometimes I tell them I'm, it's a test run, right? <laughs> There's no perfect way to parent. And so I make sure that I'm not putting pressure on myself to be ideal in any kind of way, but I definitely think watching them go through these different phases of childhood has helped me show up even more authentically when I talk to parents or when I'm working with other children as clients. Okay. So let's talk about children in 2022 and all the many challenges that they are facing when it comes to school, when it comes to their peers, when it comes to the unreasonableness of social media and the standard that they're looking at these other men and women and they're like, oh, well, I wanna look like this or, or be like this. Um, and then the traumas. We, you know, we've talked to other therapists um, during this series and just talking about the different ways that what we face every day in life from the pandemic to you know, mass shootings, just all the things that we're being faced with, our children, particularly our teens and preteens, are being faced with the same things. How is that impacting 
their mental health? So it's a major impact, right? Like if you think about the pressure that we feel as adults, and then you apply that same lived experience to someone that is still developing, it is a major impact. These children from infancy, really from pregnancy, right? Because the body's amazing and we have everything we need before we need it. So even in the womb, they already have senses. They already have you know, the sight, they already have hearing, they already have smell, it's there because our body gives us what we need literally before we are in the experience to actually need to use it. So if you think about all of the things that have been going on, all of the challenges that have been happening while they're trying to develop, while their brains are still sponges and they're trying to just figure out what earth is, and then you add a pandemic, and then you add, you know, racial injustice and you add socioeconomic issues, like it is a major impact because really at the end of the day, mental health is about developmental and emotional milestones being reached at an appropriate time. Okay. That's what mental health for childhood is. It's about reaching those milestones at the appropriate stages. So when we input all of these additional factors that are causing harm or making it more challenging, mm -hmm. then that child has a harder time reaching the milestone. So then you look up and you're like, well, wow. man, they're having all of these mental health challenges. Of course they are. Look at all the barriers that they're trying to go through just to reach their natural milestones. So it has a major, major impact. So as a mom, I'm listening to you and you are, obviously educating me, right? I, I don't, I'm not a LPC, a LCPC. I don't, I, you know, I'm, I struggle with my own mental health some days. Okay. Let's be honest. We're, we're honest here at Pros and Politics. Podcast. That's why we are having this discussion because this discussion is needed. So I'm listening to you as a mom of a 14 year old. Um, I'm listening to you as the mom of a seven year old and even the mom of a three year old. And I'm saying to myself, wow, that just two minutes that she just said what she said has just opened my mind up to so much. So as we discuss this, what do you have to say to, to us? What do you have to say to parents as we try to navigate those milestones plus the trauma, the milestones plus the the good experiences, right? Because our children are, are not all trauma, right? And so how do we bridge all of that together as parents? So I feel like my approach to mental health is I'm always going to bring hope. I, I feel like as long as we know that there's love, as long as we know that there is a chance for something different, as long as we know that we can still hope for something more than what it is right now, we can keep moving forward. So as a parent myself and then speaking to other parents, just remember that there is still hope, there is still love, and there is still an opportunity for a bright future for yourself and for your children. And really the best things that we can give to our children are free, right? So when we think about like, oh man, well, my socioeconomic status maybe doesn't give me access to the best therapist or the best speech therapist or occupational therapist or you know all of these additional resources, which are great and are necessary. And I will always advocate for everyone to have access to them. 
But as a parent, the things that we can give our children don't cost us any money. Now they do cost us time. They do cost us intentionality, yes. but they don't cost us money. Every child needs security. Every child needs stability. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Is key. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Emotional support. Mm-hmm. Love. Structure. And a positive role model. Mm-hmm. That can make a world of difference. And not just my opinion, like scientifically proven and research. These things make a world of difference in a child, no matter what their experience has been because you then show them hope. You then show them love. You show them that this is a moment in time. It won't always be this way. We can get through this together and you're not alone, right? Like that's what our job is as the parent because they're getting challenges from different directions depending on their age. Mm -hmm. We get to be that safe space and we have to remember that they do have emotions that they do have a mental health, right? We remember to take them to their school physical to get their shots if if you believe in getting shots and all of, you know, dental appointments, all of these things, but we don't always remember to check on their feelings. And sometimes that's because of how we were brought up. It's okay to parent differently than you were parented. Absolutely. It's okay to try something new. I think that was so much, so much of what you said is so relevant and so important, but it's okay to parent differently. So I think so many people, so many parents, we get caught up in, oh, how my mother did it or how my father did it or how my family did it. When it's a literally, it's a completely different world. I tell, I have to, you know, tell my mother that sometimes I'm like, mama, I'm about to be 45 years old. I was born in the 70s. This is a completely different world, like everything. There was what VHS and cassette tape, <laughs> floppy disk drives and, and no virtual ability to have communication. And so the children, as a result, are dealing with a completely different life than the life that we live. Not to mention that the last pandemic was 100 years ago. None of us saw that. Right. So right. it's it's sometimes a struggle to let go of the things of your past or your upbringing um, because a lot of times you don't understand that your parents did the best that they could. Absolutely. I had wonderful parents. My mom is still, I call her the real MVP. I can be great because, because of her, you know. Right. But sometimes you have those challenges, especially with grandparents or older um, adults in your life to be able to tell them, hey, I appreciate it. But really, this is a completely different set of circumstances. And then the love and the time and the consistency. So I think sometimes we get so busy with work and cooking dinner and doing homework and getting baths in the evening, going grocery shopping, just all the things that we have to do as parents and as guardians that sometimes we forget about just listening. And we forget about just taking that time. And there's also the stigma, which I would love for you to go into about how you're trying to tear down the stigma of emotions and feelings and then getting mental health therapy or or counseling when it's needed. Because so many times, especially in our community, 
people aren't supposed to have feelings. They're, they're not right. supposed to express their feelings. They're not supposed to cry. I mean, there are just so many things. And so in your practice and in your daily life, what are you doing to tear down those walls about mental health and treatment? Yeah, absolutely. I think fortunately, because so much has changed, this younger generation is more open. They are more open to being aware of their feelings and being aware of mental health right? They're, they're open to it. They aren't willing to just sit quietly. Um, but within the Black community, there is still a stigma. It is still relatively new to the Black and Brown community, right? So we do have to face some of those barriers. There have been times that children have wanted therapy and the parents have said no. Like, oh, there's nothing wrong with them, or they don't need that, or don't go telling people our business outside of our home. Right. And I remember hearing things like that growing up. And so having to have those conversations of this is a support. It's OK for your child to have a safe space. And if something's going on in the home that you're afraid of somebody else finding out, maybe that thing needs to stop. Absolutely. Right. So we have to kind of face it head on. We have to acknowledge that mental health is real and that support is a gift. It's a gift that we give ourselves to intentionally choose to give your child professional support is a gift. It's something that can change their life. To choose to give mental health support for yourself as an adult is a gift. It's something that you're choosing to do to help you. Why not? Absolutely. And so that's what I really want. And I'm so happy that you advocate because there are so many parents like I said, that I'm aware of personally that don't want their child in therapy or they don't want their child going to counseling or, you know, th th we have other ways of, of fixing a situation when, again, you want your child to go to the doctor and to the dentist and get vaccinated and do all the things that you want them to do in order to be healthy. But we oftentimes, even as adults, neglect our minds. And that's everything. So what's going on with you mentally oftentimes impacts your health, your spiritual, your, your emotional health, your physical health, ulcers and, and, and all types of things, high blood pressure and hypertension. And so we need to, like you said, and like your colleagues have stated, protect the whole being because we Absolutely. are just our physical bodies, our arms and legs and all those other things. And so if you're going for your mammograms and you're going for your annual well woman's and you're going for your prostate exam and all these other things, you're going for your school physical because team Alex can't play soccer unless he has right. <laughs> Anthony can't walk in the VP fair parade without his physical for band. But, right. but I don't right. you know. You want to make sure. So let's make sure that they are mentally healthy as well. So you have a private practice. What yes. led you into going from just like a, a clinical setting, but to a private practice setting? So again, it was a push. <laughs> it was definitely a push for me. Um, there is some uncertainty in doing it all on your own, right? And so having to trust the process, which is what I often tell people to do. So I had to take my own advice. And I had to step out there and realize that there is something fully and clearly that I have to give. And so my voice has to be the loudest. Mm 
And that's what private practice is for me. It is me putting myself out there. It's me introducing myself to an additional support in the world and just saying that, hey, there's help for you. There is an opportunity for you to be better than what your circumstances and situation is right now. And so I get to make that. I get to create what that is. I get to define that. And then I get to support in the way that I deem most appropriate for the clients that I see. Okay. And so how does someone reach you? Because your practice is exclusively online. Yes. So like we've said with your colleagues, it, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can contact for the the health and welfare of your child. You can contact Alondra Anderson, LCPC, from anywhere in the world. So how do we get in contact with you? Okay. Okay. We're going to wait for you to come back. Let's give it one second so he can put that together right. All right. And go. So, yes, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Mrs. Evolve, M R S E V O L B E. Or you can email me at evolve at abstracttouch.com. That is amazing. And so, who, tell us again who your clients are, who should be contacting so, you. Absolutely. So I offer consultation for child care providers. So anyone that is caring for children, um, whether that's in your home or in a child care center for children zero to five. I also do individual therapy for children, adolescents, tweens, teens, and young adults. So again, that is through teletherapy, but I am offering individual therapy ranging from seven to 40. Okay. So before we go, let's have one last conversation. There's, as we stated, there's so much going on with our children and with their peers and things of that nature. So one of the topics that has been very um, brought to the forefront in recent years has been the topic of bullying. And that has a huge impact on our children. It has a huge impact on their mental health. So please talk to us about that, about signs, and about how you assist children dealing with peer pressure or um, other social type issues with their peers. So this can be a really tricky um, way to find that it's going on because it's not just something that was said in the hallway at school or in the locker room or in the bathroom that kind of whispered around just your local school. A lot of bullying is now cyberbullying. So it can come from individuals that you don't even actually know that you made a TikTok and you just thought it was fun. And now all of these comments are under there and people are speaking negative to you as a child or teen. Um, and so it can come in really challenging ways. I would say protect your children the best that you can and what you feel is appropriate and safe. Have conversations with your children. Open that door that they can start to feel like they can talk to you about anything. If you are constantly asking, how was your day? Eventually, your child is going to be comfortable in truly sharing with you how their day really was. 
Now, when you first start, if that's not a question you've been asking, they're going to say, fine, good, it was cool, meh, right? Like, because apparently that's a word now. <laughs> so, but if you keep asking, if you keep asking every day, how was your day today? Whether that's at dinner or just, you know, in the car, taking them to a practice, but get in the routine of that because it also will become a routine for them to answer not just to answer you, but to actually self-reflect and consider, well, how was my day? Because maybe they're just living it and not really thinking about it. But being that safe space, giving them unconditional love, reinforcing to them that they have value, that they have self-worth, giving them self-affirmations that they can say in a mirror, that they will learn their own comfort and comfortability of who they are. Maybe they're quirky, maybe they're silly, maybe they're athletic, maybe they're artistic, whatever that looks like for them. But to learn at a really young age, I'm enough, I'm great as I am, I'm amazing. Like that's such a gift. There's so many of us as adults that didn't have something like that instilled in us at a young age. And so we're seeking external validation because mm-hmm. we don't know how to give it to ourselves. So it doesn't necessarily stop the bullying from happening, but it will start to give them a level of endurance to be able to say something to whether it's back to that bully or to some safe adult to let somebody know that this is going on because they'll already know that's not true. That's not who I am because I know I'm enough. I know I'm amazing. So now they will easily be able to say what that person said hurt and I need to tell somebody that I can get help. So we have to listen. We have to learn to listen first Mm -hmm. and then talk. That's not always easy as a parent, but we do have to do that so that they can find that space to open up and to share with us. That is, that's wonderful. Um, it, It can be difficult sometimes because as a parent, when you think that something's going on with your child or somebody's bothering your child, what's your first response? <laughs> well, I can only say I'm about to blow the whole school up. Right. I'd be hot, okay? <laughs> so, but at the same time, you know, you got a lot to lose, so you can't just be out here, like you said, blowing up schools and stuff. Right. But, you know, you want, again, you want your child to be healthy and blessed. And so it's funny that you mentioned um, affirmations because mm-hmm. our oldest there right now on his wall are like 32 declarations that he has to say every single day in the morning when he wakes up and before he goes to bed, he loves to do them. So it's not just me, but mm-hmm. there are things that he says about himself, things that he's really good at, things that he wants to improve upon, things that you know he's praying about and wants the Lord to help him with. And so we try very hard to instill in our children that they're amazing. Because like you said, so when that one person that's not being nice, that for whatever reason, they have whatever challenges within themselves wants to try Mm -hmm. to tear you down, then you already know, like you said, Alondra, oh, that's not true because I already know I'm amazing and not in a non-humble way because we obviously teach our children, you know, to be humble and humility but it's that buffer. So like you said, it's something that's in that gap between you trying to tear me down, but what my earthly parents have already told me and what I'm believing, you know, that I, I'm, I'm reading and I'm getting from church and all these other things, I am able to then be able to just 
dust it off. What they say, dust dust your shoulders off, and you know, just yeah. keep going. And so, I think it's very important, like you said, to instill things in our children. So, so many times, you know, we're upset with the school or the teacher or the school administration. When um, I know your husband says a lot, <laughs> when he's like, a lot of it starts at home, and so we mm-hmm. want to, like you said, encourage our children. Uh, listen to our children, spend time and be completely interactive in their upbringing and their lives and make sure we know what's going on with them. Um, So is there anything that you would like to tell us as parents or tell us to be able to assist our children in our community moving forward? So I would say while we're in this summer break, before our students go back to school, to really check in with them, to honestly ask them, how was last school year for you? Sometimes we just quickly move into the next season, the next thing, the next task, and we don't assess. And depending on their answers, there may be different supports or different conversations that need to be had so that they can have a better year, even if that was a good year, but so that they can have a better year in the fall, right? So take a moment when you're thinking about school supplies and back to school clothes and first day of school outfits and all these things (laughs) to take a moment to actually ask them, how was last year for you? Yes, we can be busy as adults. No, it's not easy to go to the PTO meetings and things of that nature, but you can send an email. Mm -hmm. You can make sure that the teacher still knows who you are. You can still ask for that meeting if you're finding that your child is needing some additional supports. There are a lot of resources available within the school district and within your community. Sometimes we just don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to ask. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for another explanation because you know your child best. So you get to be their biggest advocate. No matter what's going on, check in with your children be honest with yourself. You may be on your own journey as an adult at whatever age, but remember that this is also their life. This is their childhood. This is what they will be looking back on and maybe one day talking about in therapy, right? So don't forget that they're growing too, that they're developing physically, mentally, and emotionally, and your support matters. Thank you so much. Well, Alondra, as always, it is so wonderful to listen to you, to glean from you, and just to be a part of your life and and, and Tiki and Alex and, and Tony's lives. Um, you are such an advocate for mental health and, and for children um, overall. And so you are very much so appreciated and your clients are truly blessed to have you. Um, and I really hope you're practice continues to grow and continues to be blessed. So thank you so much for being with us today. You You have taught us so much. And will you come back? Absolutely. (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. So that just makes my day. So thank you so much. And I appreciate you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in today to Pros and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you'll enjoy us again next week. Until then, please like, love, share, and subscribe. And thank you again, and we'll see you soon.